0: You can use old newspapers, magazines, maps, create your own design. yeah a map oh that that's such a good idea. who has a map <laughs> you have you have a map
1: over there <laughs> Just, I mean I'm not calling you out on the pavement, but I'm like Do you have a, I have one map I and I need it
0: yeah, right it's, yeah, it's, it's New York and New Jersey how to get it out. <laughs>
1: Welcome to Hey You Know It. My name is Jaquetta Sotmari,
0: and I'm here with my co host, Katie Kazmier. Hey You Know It is a podcast that tells you how it is or how it should be. You can listen to Hey You Know It
1: on iTunes, a new episode every Monday. And here they are, Jaquetta and Katie. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm going to kick off. So it's um, Earth Day. Earth Day is
0: uh, coming up. It's the 50th anniversary of Earth Day coming 50th up. 50th anniversary of Earth Day. That's, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, I remember celebrating it minimally in the 90s. I'm sure you do too. Yeah. Uh, We've talked about it before, you know, campus events and that kind of stuff, but it was much less a mainstream event. And then a lot of celebrities kind of attached themselves to it. People like Tom Cruise, uh, which was a little surprising, but then the more obvious people like Jane Fonda. Mm -hmm. And it kind of elevated um, Earth Day a little bit. But now obviously because of the virus, Earth Day... Much like our podcast has gone inside, right, right, and it's going to be held online, right. Um, So, as I was doing my research, I started to feel a little like panicky. So, I researched that and I found that that maybe I have some eco anxiety.
0: Oh, what is eco anxiety?
1: So, this is not something that you're going to find in like the um, a manual of like mental health issues or anything like that. It's a new. syndrome, a new idea. Right. That manual is the DSM-5. Yeah. Yeah. So there's nothing about it in there. Maybe it'll show up later, but it's eco-anxiety. And the American Psychological Mm -hmm. Association describes it as a chronic fear of environmental doom. Um, It's a resounding, has chronic psychological consequences. And it's related to how we are experiencing what's going on with the climate change, climate crisis. Um, natural disasters that we think have been intensified by um, by human action, and just the general fear that you know the planet is going to either uh, implode in some kind of ecological way or just you know kick us down the road like a can
0: yeah well either one of those yeah I, I mean that anxiety i mean there's it's a good reason for it it's not it's not oh, like yeah. it 's an irrational anxiety no no it 's
1: not a phobia it 's not irrational. <laughs> Um, but what's interesting about eco-anxiety is that its they're saying it's showing up more in pop culture and psychology is going to have to catch up with it. So they did a survey, Yale University did a survey in December of 2018. And I'd just like to say, I have never in my life been in any kind of survey. Have you?
0: Been in a survey? I-
1: yeah, like have you ever been called and asked to give your opinion or taken part in any kind of university? No. Surveys? Or, I've no. never. No. No. Um, The only time I ever see it is, you know, when you're on the subway and they're like, do you have a problem with cocaine? You know, like those kind of things. Yeah, well, you sign up for that kind of stuff. You sign up for it. So this was a survey that Yale did. And they said 70% of Americans are at least, quote unquote, somewhat worried about climate change. I guess that was one of the options. 49% are, quote unquote, afraid. And 51% said that they felt helpless. But young people, and they're Mm -hmm. not young people, millennials because they're not young anymore. They're like 35. But they are upset because they have been consuming a lot of negative media about climate change. You know, the truth about climate right, change. Right, right. And it's having a negative um, impact on their health. But also, and I've been reading about this a little bit too, in the, in the science world, a lot of Scientologists, meteorologists, uh, climatologists, journalists are stricken with this too.
0: Oh, no so kidding. as they're,
1: as they're researching... Um, they become overcome by grief and fear. And quite a lot of them have been, and I think this is kind of cool, have been talking about how you need to get to see somebody about it. If you're someone Uh who's working in this field and you're constantly researching it, they're experiencing periods of um, despair, but then also, you know, excitement too, when they discover something new or see something positive. But it's kind of, it's extreme. It is,
0: because it's not like how it was... Ages, you know, years ago, when we had when Earth Day was new, and it was just kind of yeah. like, and it was kind of like um, this, just for the hippies. Uh, yep. It's it's for everybody, and it's becoming yeah. more and more urgent. So I think it's that sense of urgency that is everybody's really feeling it. And yeah, the sense of urgency, but also too that
1: their they're, um, scientists and journalists mm-hmm. in this field are upset because there are a lot of denialists out there. And people who are advocating, uh, you know, ideas that kind of refute the research that we have, and that makes them nervous as well. So they're me- they're they're working as hard as they can, and it's like no one's listening. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: and they people aren't listening, which is shocking because if you're if you're the kind of person that's covering something like um, the glaciers melting or the prevalence of wildfires and the wildfire season getting longer, you're seeing. Things actually happen, and then you have some jackass in the White House telling you no, it's not that big of a deal, yeah right <laughs> like it's fine
0: yeah his his narcissism and his uh, his followers and his, his, yeah his, it, it just is so damaging, and uh, we should have been <clears throat> really in all presidents that preceded him too, we should have taken a stronger stance on it
1: yeah so there's actually something called the Climate Psychology Alliance um and that is working on you know how to help people who are experiencing these feelings but also to um you know just not to ignore it right so people are, are experiencing anxiety and they're trying to figure out how to channel that anxiety right. to lessen anxiety but channel the anxiety into some kind of motivation because appara- apparently and unfortunately fear is not a good motivator to make change as we see right <clears throat> So people are being, they're anxious and they're fearful, but it doesn't mean that they're also picking up the phone and, you know, calling their representatives or shining a light on, you know, things that shouldn't be happening and making suggestions for things that should happen. So yeah, eco eco anxiety. So I tried to kind of pepper the things that I brought in for today on both sides, right? Some positive things and some kind of negative things. So one good thing I found is that apparently last year three animals got themselves off the endangered species list. All right. I think one of these I think you've mentioned before, it's um a manito gecko in Puerto Rico. Okay. It was it's on this thing is an inch and a half long. It's only on one island in Puerto Rico. Ah. Uh. And they discovered that it was being threatened by rats. That mm-hmm. had been brought to the island through human, of you know, course. Human content. Someone else is new, and it had gotten so bad that all apparently all of these geckos um, had moved. I don't know; if they moved, but they they were only
0: found. <laughs> They're they little found bags. On one,
1: <laughs> <laughs> they were only found on one rock towards the end, but they were <laughs> able to eliminate the rats. They were able to get them back um, in 2016. They, there are 7,600 geckos, so that's more than there were before. Um, and they have managed to move beyond the 40-acre rock that they were living on. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they packed back up and went, went back to wherever they were staying. And they said, well, this animal is lucky because they were able to preserve the habitat, find out what was destroying the, you know, the animal, mm-hmm. and
0: get rid of it. So that's the, great news. You know, and they must be adorable get-go. if they're like an inch and a half.
1: <laughs> they're very, very small. They are very cute. That probably did help them as well. Yeah. People were like, we've got to save these things. Yeah. So they, they talk about, and I think this is interesting. <clears throat> the scientists, when they, they go, how do they count these things? They literally just pick a spot. You know, they divide up, they divide up the area and they just sit there and count the geckos as they go by while you're doing this, you're allowed to talk to the other people who are counting, but you're not allowed to say what you've seen until the end.
0: Wait a minute. So you can interrupt other people counting? Yeah. I mean, no, not interrupt. You can be like, hey, Katie, what's going on? Yeah, but How's if I'm count counting. Going? It's like, good. <laughs> but if I'm counting, you just totally, now I have to start over again.
1: I Who knows? Cause but the, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> this, I guess there's probably one asshole <laughs> others just yelling out numbers. Yeah. 48 like every once in a while so it, anyway it's been uh it's coming off the list there are more of these things the habitat is safe and they've gotten rid of the rats rats apparently are responsible for a lot of um not a lot but quite a few endangered species just because they breed and they eat everything mm. and no, nothing eats a rat yeah why would why i'm Why would anything eat a rat? I don't know. I mean, the only thing I can think of that that hunts rats are like terriers. But do you really want to unleash? Terriers. (laughs) Like,
0: terriers. (laughs) I find like you would have another problem then. All right, what do you have? Mm. Well, uh, people were talking about um, Mother Nature's response to human transgression. Like, they're saying that this COVID-19 pandemic is a response. So Mother Nature is saying, hey... You don't know how to uh, live on this planet in harmony with any other living thing. So mm-hmm. here is this this virus, you know, and just trying to wipe us out. That's that's one way of thinking about it. Um, but it is I now. Like I, I, yeah, I think that it's like I feel like like the the planet really knows how to protect itself. It's been around of a course. long time. Yeah, and it will. You don't get to be this old without without learning a right. few things. And it's not a personal thing. It's not like, oh, I hate those humans. It's just like, no, oh, this particular organism. this 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 kind of this um species is doing something that is harming everything else. We got to kind of tamp it down a little bit. Um but you know when we were talking about the tipping point with climate change and if we don't do anything now um, the climate it things, it's going to be warmer and it's going to disturb the whole ecosystem. And that's, and there's going to be a tipping point where we can't come back from that. Yeah. I mean, that with tipping point
1: will be that we will no longer be able to continue living the way that we live.
0: Yeah. Well, and possibly not at all. Now they're saying that maybe this is the tipping point because the weather has changed and because ah. um, other species are now forced to be closer to humans, and everything has mm-hmm. changed, the tipping point is this virus. This is what happens. This is the thing we can't come back from. You know? Oh, yeah. I find that that's
1: fascinating. Yeah. And it's, we're supposed to be get, um, you know, because we're going into areas where I don't want to say where we're not supposed to be, but yeah, but where we're not supposed to be. Dealing with habitats that we haven't dealt with before, there's supposed to be more of these kind of viruses. This is right. a group, like yeah. part of a group.
0: Yeah, the coronaviruses. Yeah, this is kind of like the bad boy of the coronavirus family that has yeah uh, been unleashed. Um, but yeah, it's because this is the tipping point. This we were all thinking it's going to be the weather. It's going to be the, the the glaciers melting. It's going to be mm-hmm. uh, the waters rising. It's going to be the air is not clean. No, the so that's kind point of like a this. slow burn.
1: This is like yeah. more of a cataclysmic
0: thing. Yeah. And this is part of it with, um, with what we've done to the planet. So uh, this yeah. is. The- I mean, it could be,
1: it could be, I mean, that definitely changes the, because the, the numbers that I was reading before, this is just randomly, it was like 15 years, 20 years. Now people are thinking of 12 years, that 12 years to make change, but I don't, I don't see how that's possible.
0: Yeah, I think that we the you know time I, mean? I think like, time's what? up. That's yeah, time is way. up cuz that's we, it. We have we are now uh, I mean whether we like it or not. We thought we had 30 or 20 or 12 years or 5 years. No, this mm-hmm. is it. Well, I have something then I think, you know, if you're going to be messing with the
1: earth, you, it mess she's going to mess back. They have just found chlamydia in the Arctic. Oh my god what it's a new newfound found bacteria might shed light on how chlamydia has come to infect us organisms and there's a gi- there's a picture of chlamydia i've never seen it before like the you know the bacteria itself it's actually not bad looking oh
0: really it's a nice looking
1: uh, yeah it's a nice looking bacteria bacteria yeah it's like a, it's like a nice looking purple bean next to a clear bean that has little red beans inside of it and the entire thing is in like a nice little a plastic clear bean. You make it sound uh, really nice. You probably
0: could wear it, it as a pendant.
1: Bad. You could, no one would know. <laughs> uh, so it says deep under the Arctic, uh, they found several, several new species of chlamydia. It is the cousin to the one that causes the STI. Um, and the weird thing about this chlamydia is, so the chlamydia that, that people have, you know, we're the host. Yeah. But in the case of this Arctic chlamydia, um, there, it doesn't seem to have a host, and it doesn't seem to require oxygen. What? So they're trying to figure out, you know, how it's, what is it doing? And I'm like, it's waiting, and you just found it. Oh, my God. Like, you just, you brought it the two things it's looking for, right? <laughs> a host and oxygen by discovering it. It And now it's it going to wait. come to life. So, but the so it says here in the article that I didn't know this. I knew chlamydia was still on the rampage. And by the way, like, you know, child of the 70s and 80s, VD was like all we heard about as kids. I know, right? That was VD. Like, VD, like, and you could get it anywhere. They're like, don't use the toilet at Kmart. It's got VD on. I'm like, that one toilet? Yeah, all the VDs it's giving, That's It's giving people VD, not my cousin, he's <laughs> like a truck driver. <laughs> so, so every year in the U.S., two 0.86 million people get chlamydia. Wow, isn't that amazing? And it's amazing? a part of a group called chlamydiae. <laughs> chlamydiae? <laughs> so, oh,
0: wait, they call themselves chlamydiae?
1: No, that's like group? chlamydia. There's chlamydia, and there—that's a part of the group chlamydiae. Okay, you know, for so scientists of uh, on Earth, it says a slew of chlamydiae bacteria three miles below the Arctic, growing b- below the seafloor Oh, um, without oxygen. Okay. And doesn't seem to be feeding on anything, but it's apparently doing quite well down there. It doesn't seem to be feeding on anything. Yeah. It doesn't seem to be feeding the, uh, one of the people who's the author of the study said, wow, it was a shock. We wanted to know what it was doing there. Um, so it looks just like the chlamydia found in people, uh, and animals. Mm -hmm. And they collected a sample of it near Loki's Castle, which is the name of hydrothermal vents between Iceland and Norway. This is like deep in the Arctic. Um, It's this new kind of bacteria. Like I said, they can't figure out how it survives. Uh, It must be feeding on something nearby. There is a lot of activity in those vents. There's a lot of life. There are a lot of things there, but they can't figure out what it is. And they think that maybe chlamydia is more important to the environment than we previously thought. So for us, we see it as a negative thing. Yeah. Because it attacks us as a sexually transmitted infection. But for the environment, maybe chlamydia isn't a bad thing. I see. And it's been hanging out in the ice. I mean, underneath the the sediment and it's ready to rise time. and it's And now they brought it back.
0: Oh, great. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it, this is the thing now that things, the, the whole planet is changing and all of these yeah. illnesses, these viruses rather, um, are showing themselves and making. So for the sequel, the
1: end of the, the end of the article says researchers hope to grow these microbes in the lab. Why? <laughs> Why? Because, because I want to do that. studying them could reveal how the ancient group of bacteria came to infect animals, plants, fungi, and microorganisms all over the world. Be careful, yes. people. Be with careful. growing this kind of Arctic chlamydia, <sighs> bizarre. That is really strange. I, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that these people are extremely careful, but. How do you, how do you know what kind of care to take when you don't know what you're going to discover? Like they didn't know there'd be chlamydia under there. It it gets under their fingernails. (laughs) Or or who
0: knows? Who knows how this chlamydia is going to react to a latex glove? It'd be like, oh, maybe it's going to eat it. Maybe it's the kind of chlamydia that is like here to, yeah, combat the pollution.
1: Who knows? So yeah, they found chlamydia. Surprise. Mm. (laughs) I wonder what else. Yeah, I, I, I distinctly remember. Now, as a kid, like everyone was always talking about chlamydia, we had no idea. Obviously, we were children. Herpes was the big. Oh, remember herpes? Yeah, that's so also at the Kmart bathroom.
0: Yeah, I remember, yeah, venereal disease, um, mm-hmm. you know, which we called VD, and yeah, then we, and they were STDs, right? But then, STDs. then on Valentine's Day, we'd be like, happy VD, ha ha, ha. Yes, happy VD. <laughs> this is so funny. Ah, <laughs> uh, VD. All right. What do you have? Well, I heard a little something from um, Jane Goodall. So Jane Goodall, when she was 26 in 1960, she went to Tanzania to study chimpanzees in the wild. Mm-hmm. Um, so we all know who Jane Goodall is. And she sat there. Um, I read her book. <laughs> she, sat she sat there. I mean, and I'm not kidding. She's, she sat on like a rock. She sat on a like a log. She just sat there and just watched these these primates. And she just kind of... Even and they watched her. That, no, and, but there were days when nobody would show up, but she would still go and sit. So they were used to her. I like the idea
1: that no monkey. They're like, no, not today. <laughs> yeah. Not any, that, that bitch is out there just a- looking. <laughs> and I just can't deal with it anymore. I'm going <laughs> elsewhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, but that was... I read that book. And I was like, she just... She just sat there. I mean, so I feel like for her staying inside during this pandemic, she's going to be fine. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I like that that's your approximation.
1: (laughs) So back in the 60s, she sat. Now she's probably like, fine. I just imagine she's probably someone who you're like, God, I didn't even know you were here. Just like sitting in a corner somewhere. Yeah. She's like, I've been here for
0: three days. taking notes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um she through her research, she showed us how we needed to preserve the species and um, showed us similarities between chimpanzees and humans. Um mm-hmm. so many species, she's saying many species of animals and plants have become extinct and are extinct and are too close relationship with wild animals in the markets or when we use them for entertainment has unleashed the terror of misery of new viruses. So that's another thing when we get to like, you know, the tiger King and, uh, the, yeah, the Zeus zoonotics and people who yeah. like these exotic species in their, in their yards or whatever. We were told, cause you know, growing up in a rural
1: area, not even to pick up frogs, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Things that are fine for us to handle, they're not exotic at all yeah and we were told not to do this because maybe they don't want to get picked up yeah if you're not helping the animal it's injured or you're not going to eat it what are you doing with it yeah
0: exactly (laughs) yeah like why are you messing with it i was told would you like it if somebody just came by and picked you up and started touching your head like no started messing with you and then put you somewhere completely different yeah it's exactly the same (laughs) thing leave them alone uh, but she's saying that uh, she, with her work, she came to understand how much chimpanzees are like the, uh, like humans. I'd seen mm, them that use, may or may not have helped the chimpanzees. Though <laughs> I'd see them use tools and making tools. It was clear that they had emotions like happiness, sadness, and fear, and they had dark and brutal sides, but also love, compassion, and altruism too. Um, Why would you think that they didn't have um,
1: like? love and fear i i don't know maybe i'm naive i assume that that creatures have that capacity
0: yeah i think that she's saying this for the benefit of the masses who come across yeah she's kind of underscoring it you're i think a little different from the most people (laughs) i
1: also i mean i haven't had a lot of interaction with monkeys you know i'm not a huge fan yeah But whenever I have been around them, like in a zoo, well, that's probably the only time in a zoo. It just seems pretty obvious to me that they have a lot going on intellectually.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, It's a little bit different from, I love my dog, but I don't think my dog is having the same kind of higher order thinking.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Since if she sees a a bag blow by, she's like freaked out and runs. Yeah. But don't let her hear that. She's like around you right now, isn't she? (laughs) Yeah. No. She's left the room. She doesn't like to be in here for the recording. Okay. <laughs> cuz I'm not looking at her. Oh. So she doesn't see the point.
0: <laughs> yeah, so So did you you read her is it a biography that you read yeah, or Yeah. I read that biography okay. a while ago. Um but she has popped out now to um record messages and talk to people about animals and how what our relationship to animals should be like or we should really, mm. like really reconsider it cuz Um, But she's very generous because I would
1: have been like, y'all should have listened to me. (laughs) Gorillas in the mist. Which
0: Uh, I haven't seen. So kind of gently she's alluding to maybe we shouldn't be uh, taking wild animals and putting them in the marketplace where we can take them home and kill them and eat them. Or we should not be putting them in zoos, that kind of thing. Yeah. Have some chicken. (laughs) You know what I mean? But even that, (laughs) at this point, it's like, it's the whole idea of how we treat animals. And I'm not even just talking about from the consumption point. Um, Oh, for sure.
1: The destruction of their habitat. Yeah. uh, The things of seeing uh, animals as entertainment, which I don't find entertaining. It's entertaining to watch animals doing their own thing. Yeah. You don't need... In their own business uh, habitat, whatever they're doing. It's fun. But I don't find it, you know, amusing in a zoo kind of setting.
0: I've always found that really sad. Yeah. It's like, you would think on the one hand, Oh, we're getting to see this species we've never ever seen before. And isn't it amazing? Um, but guess. not the way that they're treated. Oh. But also to the point that
1: you bring up that, you know, we, by putting our, that was the other thing we were told growing up, right. Is that all of these wild animals have diseases.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that handling them, could transfer diseases to ourselves. Look, no one ever told us what these diseases were. And obviously we're just talking about, you know, but even deer where I'm from now are uh, dangerous because of Lyme's disease. Mm. You should not come into contact with them. You know, you can contract Lyme's disease from them. And that's a debilitating uh, disease that can stay with you forever. Like once you contract it, but that's from being too close to deer and who, you know, deer don't seem dangerous
0: yeah right <laughs> they you know, don't but, but they don't they don't seem dangerous now <laughs> they don't seem
1: dangerous although i did see a picture of uh a guy in japan and apparently in some there's an island uh or i don't know if it's an island or a province but a remote area where there you know a lot of deer and that's always kind of been their thing but now they're getting bold mm. because no one's out then they're just what are I'm they doing deer they're like coming up to like shop windows like what's and, and staring at people oh my <clears> god <throat> <laughs> so you have a picture of a guy who's like i think he's trying to leave his shop but the deer are just there like come on buddy come on out <laughs> <laughs> you know? and I'm like i can't go out there's a deer outside <laughs> but it's it's not like you see too but there could be tons yeah
0: and you don't want to get into a, a gang of deer you know, what are you to gonna the... do yeah you know at this point,
1: they, they've they seen, I feel like maybe a lot of animals right now are like, you know, these humans seemed really badass before, but not so much now. Dude, let's just go over there, a couple of us, see what happens.
0: They seem to be scared of us now. They yeah, do that they thing seem- where they make that fake, that fake, like, I'm coming at you kind of move. Yeah, but they're not coming at us.
1: <laughs> so speaking of scary stuff, I found... Um, It's called blood snow. What is blood snow? Uh, So this is a name. It's given uh, to uh, algae blooms that are happening in snow that have never. These are phenomena that they've happened before. Mm -hmm. So it it was written about during ancient times. Aristotle mentioned it. It says here, Aristotle noticed on the way back in the third century, he called it watermelon snow snow. Some people call it blood snow and a lot of other less poetic names. But basically, there's a kind of an algae that is blooming now in Antarctica because of the high temperatures. Um, And it's red. And it turns the snow blood red. Ooh,
0: that's scary. And it looks
1: creepy. So, in some of the pictures, you see it have like kind of a cross section. So, you see like the layers of snow. And you can see that the algae is trapped in layers. Mm -hmm. So, you have kind of like ribbons of this blood going through the snow. But then in other areas, it's more uniform and it just looks like there's been a massive slaughter. Oh my God. <laughs> that's so th- that's, that's
0: terrifying.
1: That's, yeah. Over the past several weeks, uh, and the around Ukraine, Verdansky research base, which is located on the island off the coast of Antarctica, uh, the snow has been covered with what they're calling raspberry snow.
0: That's so a little they're probably nice thing
1: that to make them feel better, but it looks like blood snow. It, it is frightening looking. Uh, they're also calling it jam snow. And it's the al- it's an algae, or sorry, an alga called chlamydimus Oh, here we go. With the chlamydia it's a- again. It it's chlamydia snow. Oh. It's in the snow. Oh. Um, and it, they say it hides in snow fields and in mountains worldwide. It, they, they thrive in freezing water. They spend their winters dormant. And then when the summer comes out and the snow melts, the algae blooms and the flower spores or sorry, red flower like spores are what they disperse. And that's what creates the, the red color in the snow. Wow. But if you were to walk up on this thing, you would be
0: terrified by what you saw. Yeah. I, I mean, cause it looked like a, a war just went on or a mass slaughter yeah. of, of. But war. you, but you don't see anything.
1: You know, it's like, okay, so maybe a polar bear killed an animal. It's like, but you don't see any carnage. You just see um, this red snow. Oh. So the color the color is made from the same pigments that are in pumpkins and carrots. Oh. So it's a very bright colored pigment. Um, and in addition to that, to make matters even worse, they absorb heat. Absorb so heat. They ab- yeah, so they, they turn, the red color absorbs the heat right? because of the color, mm-hmm. and then that um, in turn helps more melting to occur, oh. exposing more of the algae and then absorb, you know, so it's like a little feedback loop there. Okay,
0: so then the the, the snow melts and the algae mm-hmm. just... The algae
1: blooms and, and the algae warms up and it melts even more snow. Wow. So more warming, more melting, more blooming. <laughs> and apparently, there's been similar blooms all over the world. In China um, is coming up as blue bioluminescent tears. In Spain, it was coming up as sea foam. I remember a year ago, so in Florida, there was some kind of a bloom that was causing people to have respiratory issues. Okay. Um, But this is the weirdest thing I've seen. Uh, This blood red. And it looks like
0: fresh blood. You know what? It's like, you know, with the coronavirus and then this algae and all the stuff is going to be popping up now. It's going to be all over. And no matter where we turn, there's going to be something.
1: So we don't know what else is in the Arctic, obviously. Now it's starting to melt, and we're about to see some weird shit. I mean, the chlamydia. there's chlamydia. I can't. We'll, we'll probably look
0: back on chlamydia as like, eh, that old chestnut. Yeah. Well, you know, the movie The Thing, I think it's, that's the spaceship that was stuck in the yeah. ice.
1: Yeah. I mean, it goes without saying that John Carpenter probably already covered all of this. Yeah. In his work. I'm a huge John Carpenter fan. Yeah. I can't. As, cor- as corny as some of his movies
0: are, The Thing. When I was a kid, it terrified me. It terrifies me to this day. Yeah, yeah but now we're going to see things emerging from these yeah. melts. And God knows what kind of UFOs we're going to find down there. Huh. But it's, it's, I, I would hope we find something as
1: interesting as a, as a UFO. But I'm afraid it's just going to be microorganisms and it'll be too late. So the idea, like, say, okay. we know what this algal bloom is, but maybe people are tramping around in it. It's getting on their boot. They bring Mm. it
0: inside. And then it crawls up there. It gets a taste of the flesh and crawls up the flesh.
1: Or this chlamydia somehow gets loose in the lab. Yeah. Starts, you know, developing into something else. Yeah. (laughs) Because some giant chlamydia monster.
0: Oh, God. You know, we don't know. No. There was um, a book I read as a kid. It was uh, called uh, The Plant People. And <laughs> it was it started in this Is it horror? It, yeah, it was this a town in like Arizona. Um that suddenly the people started turning into plants very slowly and nobody knew quite what was going on. Uh, like how slow? Like really slow. Like first they would just like
1: one leaf behind the ear kind of thing?
0: <laughs> no, they would just start to get they started getting very <laughs> quiet and then unresponsive and they would just sit or lie down somewhere. Ah, and vegetative, okay. Right. And then they started I'm thinking like, growing you root. know, stalks. Okay. roots into the ground and then they would turn into plants so in a, like across a couple of days and then the clothes would just eventually fall off <laughs> <laughs> so you were like what happened to jim it's like i don't know
1: yeah but there's a pair of dockers over there <laughs> pretty much on that with cactus. A philodendron growing up <laughs> They turned into plants
0: that were appropriate to the Arizona, yeah, like landscape. Yeah, like the 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 kid who, the guy um, was a teenager's point of view. He's telling the story, and uh, it turns out that this kind of thing—it was um, some kind of virus that only um, attacked people who were not good to the planet. Ah, uh, okay. And he was like, "Why did it get my mother?" and he was like he's, he was went out to visit the Burning Trash in the previous scene. Well, cuz she would ride through the desert in her car, like just for like just to get get out of the house instead of taking a walk. Mm-hmm. She would, you know, just use her car for Drive nothing. Yeah. Um, but he would always take the rattlesnakes off the road so they wouldn't get hit. So he was good to the planet and he didn't turn into a plant. Um but yeah, he went out to say like goodbye to his mom, who was now a cactus. And then he's like, and the last bit of her dress blew away in the wind. <laughs> cool. It didn't get stuck to the cactus? All right. Yeah. Fine. The plant people, I like it. Yeah, like, I was like a kid when I read it. Um, but hey, let's talk about some things we can do to help the environment and save the planet before the algae yeah. and uh, the, chlamydia. the chlamydia come and get us all. Who knew
1: chlamydia would be the downfall of civilization?
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> chlamydia. Yeah, what can we do? What can well, we do? you know, uh, I have fifty things here, but I'm just gonna. I mean, some of them are the obvious that we all talk about, like use energy efficient light bulbs, um, turn off your computer overnight. Don't pre- yes. don't pre rinse your dishes, and you know what? Unplug
1: things, people. Don't know in the U.S. that when you have things plugged in, even if they're not on, they're using electricity. Yeah. So just unplug. Which I find disgusting. Uh, in some countries, you can turn it off at the, at the outlet. Oh. I don't know if you've seen that before. Uh, you could turn the outlets off. You've seen that? That way you don't have to unplug things. That's what we need to do. But, yeah, everything that stays plugged in
0: is still somehow consuming energy, which is just so sad. I say, don't preheat your oven unless it's absolutely essential. Like if you're making bread and it has to be at a certain temperature. Um, yeah. Really? I didn't know that. But just put it in there. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Did you try it? I, I haven't tried it. Time. No.
1: I don't bake bread, but I do. I, I bake a lot of cakes and things. You know what? I'll try it. Maybe it doesn't matter. Yeah. I don't know.
0: I mean, if you're heating unless up you're food. If you're doing
1: something really uh, like technical,
0: like a cream puff or something. You know yeah. what I mean? Like something that's you know, that professional. has to have a certain heat. I mean, like that is really fussy yeah. that way. But like
1: making a lasagna, I made a lasagna the other night. I preheated the oven. I probably could have just put it in there. Most of the stuff is all It's yeah. cooked almost anyway.
0: Right. We just got to start yeah. getting used to doing that, you know, and figuring out what it would be for how to heat up food and mm-hmm. without having to heat up the whole, preheat the oven. That makes sense. I like that. Um, well, for the meat eaters, try having a vegetarian day. Where you, yeah, it's not that hard to do. Meatless Mondays, just go for you know, don't eat any meat, take one day a week and not do it. I'm always amazed because I've been
1: vegetarian since I was 13, my own choice. Mm -hmm. And but I didn't uh, require anyone around me to change anything about the way they ate for Mm -hmm. it, I just didn't want to eat meat. And I've always cooked for people who are meat eaters and I frequently cook things for people that they think have meat in them that y'all don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You don't, if it's something like a lasagna, you know what I mean? Like, obviously I'm not going to, I'm not going to fool you with a steak. Right. Right. But if it's something that has meat in it, I've made so many things with fake bacon, fake chicken, fake meat crumbles and people haven't noticed. And then you tell, when you tell them afterwards, a lot of people get an attitude about it. Like, ah, I can't believe I just had some, you know, some satan. I'm like, well, you did and you liked it. Yeah. So I don't know what to say. Well, that's good. If you can cook and you know how to cook that kind of stuff, that's yeah. a way to introduce well, a lot people of to meat, it. Unless you're eating, like, really, really high-quality meat, I think a lot of the stuff is about the seasoning, no? Yeah, probably. You're probably right. You know? I'm sure. I mean, you know how to season your food if you apply those seasons to something else. Yeah, I don't – I'm not a good
0: cook, so <laughs> – I need someone well. who's a good cook to teach me <laughs> I am so yeah, m- meatless Monday I'm surviving this on what am I say like I have um cliff bars uh I cliff bars yeah I, I I'm sending you a care package cliff bars I can't deal with for it. breakfast and then I do take like a, <laughs> Katie, no. a frozen meal and then I I saute fresh vegetables and then okay extend, that's good and the, the, the meal that way. Extend the meal, Are you do meal extension, yeah, but like like, eat again, yeah, but I just use that the, well, the frozen vegetables, I just heat them up and do that, that's how I'm survived
1: I have gone to because I, i'm not a huge breakfast person, but it's an important meal to eat, uh and it's one of the I'm one of those few people that eats breakfast out probably more than anything else, yeah, so I've been making my I've been making my own breakfast is like boiled eggs and some cream of wheat, there you go, you know, and a piece of grapefruit it's like. Uh, my grandmother's breakfast <laughs> like am i eating? the only thing missing would be like a Sanka. Yeah a Sanka and a melba toast <laughs> and a melba toast that's how we're making it oh my god so yeah meatless mondays i like that one easy to do and also right now too probably not a bad idea if you're trying to s- stretch your budget too
0: yeah definitely and find yeah. that way to to uh, get those veggies in your diet um yeah it said don't waste napkins we've all done this We've gone somewhere and took a napkin or two more than we needed only to throw them away unused. We do this all to the To throw time. them away unused? I keep every napkin. Well, like go to, when you go to Starbucks and you get like a couple of napkins. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you just don't even use them. They sit on your desk and you throw them away. I take them home
1: and I use them here. I rare, I mean, I, re- I try not to do it, but I throwing away a napkin, maybe it's like a country thing, but you could always use a napkin. What if you have to like put half a piece of cake in it or something. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? It's
1: like you never know when you could use, you know it's packaging. So, it's packaging.
0: It's good, good for hors d'oeuvres for cocktail parties. When you, go yeah. to business, you you put the hors d'oeuvres in the napkin and put yeah, them in your purse. That's that's how, that's how Katie and i roll. Boom. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: A roll, you know mm, something a piece of bread some leftovers. Yeah. Um let's get a little more creative with our gift wrapping um reuse gift wrap bows and tags you can use old newspapers magazines maps create your own design yeah. map. oh that was that's such a good idea who has a map <laughs> you have you have a map over there <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm not
1: calling you out on the pavement but i'm like do you have a, i have one map and i need it yeah right so it's, yeah it's like new
0: york and new jersey how to get
1: it out yeah yeah
0: but it, like, if you have. I thought
1: about that the other day—that everyone's all like Google Maps and you know Bing Maps. I'm like, you guys need to get yourself a Walmart atlas. Yeah, no kidding. Because you need to know how to get out.
0: Um, I hope everybody's doing this: is turn off the tap when you're brushing your teeth or washing your hands. I hope so. I hope so. That's an oldie but goodie. It's good. Yeah, but people don't
1: think about that because we don't pay for water. Yeah. Um, I mean, we do, but you know what I mean? Not, we don't see the full cost of it. Mm-hmm. Although it's interesting for me, you know, we've been hearing about how some places like in Detroit, not that they're the only ones, but that's what I was reading about where they they cut people's water off. I didn't, that doesn't happen here. Yeah. We don't, that's not a, we don't, we do don't that. operate that way. I don't, you cut water off here if someone's moved out of the house or if you're repairing. Yeah. And in fact, I remember when they were doing some road repairs here and they cut off the water, people got very upset because it had never, for
0: a lot of people, that never happened before. Oh, God. Yeah. If you have that happen for the first time. That's disturbing. Yeah.
1: I, and like no, when I was growing up, no matter how poor and destitute people were, I don't ever remember. Now heat, yes. I remember people hear, you know, hearing about people having their heat cut off. Maybe their electricity, but water, I don't even know how you would do it. In my town. Yeah. You can't.
0: Yeah. I don't even know. I do know like mine is included in what I pay every month. And, yeah. But you're. it's not like your
1: landlord is going to come in and cut no, it off. No, I don't no, know. No, no. You know? No. I think, I feel like you have to be a real asshole to cut off somebody's water. Yeah. That's life. You right? can't. Because we
0: can't live without that. Right. It's like cutting off
1: air. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And yet a lot of municipalities now are like, you know, maybe we should not um, cut people's water off. Oh, God. So in some places, you know, they're telling people to wash their hands. But in some places they're saying, okay, we won't shut the water off. But they're not they're also not turning it back on for people. Oh, God. I think they should be forced to. They have to. (laughs) I mean, I can't. Like, how could you live with yourself? If you are the, the governor or the mayor of that place and you, you're out there telling people to, you know, observe social distancing, which not everyone can do, by the way, um, but to, you know, wash your hands and things like this and you've cut off people's water? Yeah. Over some money? God. No, yeah. they're not
0: allowed to. Any, they, like at this time, while we're all hunkered down, as they say, um, it's by law. They can't evict anybody. You can't turn off any utilities, anything like that. You can't. Not allowed
1: The companies won't. I hope people are doing that. Yeah. Um, I don't have a lot of faith. All right. So, yeah, don't waste water.
0: Uh, Let's see. You can Um, um, uh, buy secondhand. And I think we're all into that, the thrifting thing where you can buy. Yes, I just bought a great
1: pair of um, high top tennis shoes on eBay. Did That's you? my spring wardrobe. Yes. Nice. Because they're brand new. Okay. This is you know, this is how women are, right? I'm sure you and I both have at least one pair of shoes that hasn't seen the light of day. That's
0: right. Or or we rocked at one time. Yep, I do. I have a nice um pair of Tory Birch Leopard print See? flats, but they're just hurt a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But you so you only had to wear them one time to figure that out, maybe twice. Yeah. And so I'm like, yeah. I don't know what to do now.
1: I've frequently on eBay, especially for women's items, you can find shoes with the tags still on the bottom and that lets you know that they haven't really been anywhere. Yeah. Right. Or you'll see, it's like, you know, some, some lady had them on, on a carpet for a little while, realized it was too late, couldn't return them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, I'm, I I have resolved actually for this year and not because of the I made this decision before to try not to buy anything new if I yeah. can for 2020. That's, I think that's going to be <laughs> fairly easy to do. Yeah, I think it's going to be. As as rich people, and for those of you who are thinking about the high end, there's a lot of sites out there that I peruse I don't buy because I don't have this kind of money. Every rich person is turning out their closets right now. They're sitting at home, they're looking in their closets, and they're realizing they don't need that Chanel that third Chanel suit. Right. Oh God. They don't need that fifth Louis Vuitton purse. They don't need those pumps. They don't need whatever. And it's all going online and it's bizarre.
0: Where are the places that we can find these? <clears throat> um, well, there's
1: a, there's one called the real real, mm-hmm. but eBay has luxury.
0: Oh,
1: Has a luxury section. Okay. Um, but, again, it's kind of odd because, all right, I bought tennis shoes because I needed a pair of tennis shoes. My old ones have a hole in it, and I don't go that way. <laughs> but the this, this stuff that's luxury, it's like I would like to buy it. I don't have the money. But even if I did, where, where am I going? Yeah, yeah, exactly at this point. And that, that two-piece Chanel suit.
0: Right. But people now are really expressing a need <laughs> to dress up. Uh, we're all in our sweats. We're all in comfy clothes. Um, From the waist up. I'll dress up for Zoom. Yeah, but people are kind of hankering to put on their nice dresses and outfits again. So I feel like once we get to a point where there is a vaccine or we have our- It's going to be fashion victims. Yeah, we're going to get our papers, by the way. We're probably, what's what's going on, um, there was talk of having the having a certification letter oh, that allows no. you to go places. This is going to like, Mm-mm. I know.
1: We, I think my people had those. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of G, I think we had papers. Yeah. This is America. You are never going to get people to identify themselves. Yeah. I know. Right. A lot of us can't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. it would not be in the interest of a lot of Americans for people to really know who
0: they are or who we are. Right. Um, you know, you can recycle your wire hangers, right? Huh? Yeah. Where? The, a lot of dry cleaners will even just take them off your hands to reuse. I did not know
1: that. Yeah. That to me, I wish I could go to the dry cleaners and just grab the stuff and run home with it. I hate the hangers. Sometimes they put two and three together. Yeah. They're the worst hangers. And they have a piece of paper over yeah. them. Yeah. So now I have to throw away a piece of paper, a twisty tie, and these shitty hangers. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But yeah, a lot of times like you could just talk to them say, will they take back wire hangers? And then you know which ones do, and you could just go there and hand them off. Yeah. Or you can move to, as a lot of people are doing natural fibers Yeah,
1: yeah. that you can want. If, if you can do that, they're, they're not, the sad thing is when you try to be, sometimes when I try to do things in an environmental way, I find that fiscally I'm not able to do so,
0: mm.
1: you know? So if you want to buy like all natural linens and things like that, clothing, very it can be very expensive but then i guess you could go online
0: yeah I, and wait for those natural listas you know to purge their closets. yeah i know i i feel like a lot of the clothes that have too much elastane in them like elastane oh. is that stretchy like you they don't wash in a way no like you get a smell from them they get they don't, clean I, I don't what well. happens to them they can they hold a funk like nobody's business. Yeah, and but the good news is they do have the technology to take elastane out of clothing. So if you do recycle clothes, they can break it down. It's not an organized. Oh, they can. I didn't know you that. Know, I mean, they can. Like you, there are processes that are are available. And they know how to like okay. take the cotton and elastane do, all out of these. I patterns. don't shop. I don't shop at H and M
1: anymore. Uh, I used to but i take my clothing to them cuz they they'll take anything back from anyone and they shred it and so i'm assuming they're one of the companies
0: that's using these processes yeah that's which is great because they can like suck the elastane right out of it and then use yeah. it for something else and get it cleaned and all of that so i mean but that's good to know it, it they, again all these processes with breaking down fabrics and clothing it is it, it's there they have the technology but they just have to get a system in place that makes it easy, organized and, um, affordable.
1: Yeah. Well, this is the thing. And then the sooner they get those processes together, the better Yeah, because, you know, the clothing is, you know, we all have a lot of it and I hate to, I don't like to throw things away, but some things can't, they, they don't, like you said, they don't wash well Yeah, and you can't, you can't donate something that smells like a foot armpit. You just can't. Yeah. That's not, you know, that's not good for the
0: environment either. Yeah. I yeah. You know. Um so, Oh, here's another thing. Try to use matches over lighters. Really? Yeah. Because the lighters have butane, they're made of plastic. Try just get wooden matches. I've never thought about yeah, that. Yeah, these are all like small things that you can um I have um
1: wooden matches. I have like the emergency ones that you can like light underwater. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I like matches, but matches is one of those things that, um, they're not everywhere. You know, when you used to go out, you would always grab matches. Yeah. They would give them to you with your check sometimes. Yeah,
0: that's right. Yeah. You, got you remember I do remember everywhere you, there is matchbooks in, um, dishes, uh, like right yeah. as you walked out. Yeah. You'd get them in the checkbooks, everything. Now they
1: have a business card. I'm like, what the hell am I going to do with this? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got one. What am I gonna do with this restaurant's business card?
0: I got one. It looked like they were giving out matchbooks, but there were little pieces of paper inside. So you could write your phone number on them, and give them to people. Oh. <laughs> no. <What>? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um Earth Day. I mean, we we've run the gamut here. We've talked about eco anxiety, Jane Goodall, Chlamydia. We talked about it all. Fashion. <laughs> We talked about it all. So I guess happy Earth Day to people and, you know, good luck. Wash your hands. Yes. Happy Earth Day, everyone. Stay safe.